I had a lot of anxious thoughts about driving and stories that I started telling myself in my head about the fact that I was going to end up having a car crash and I was going to die and basically catastrophizing. So one little seed thought would basically hatch a bit like a gremlin in some ways. It would just go crazy inside my head. Hey Curl friend, welcome back to the Curl Squad's Curl Power podcast with me, Zoe Fox. This is a podcast for women that are out there just trying to see how good life can get, trying to see what can be created, trying to see how we can become the representation that we so desperately needed when we were growing up. We're the women who have been through some stuff, we're the women that have continued to push and we're the women that are ready to put our struggles behind us, take a deep breath and enjoy the abundance that we all deserve while providing the representation that the world needs because we need more divine feminine energy balancing out this planet. So in this episode I'm going to be digging into being aware of our thoughts And how once you can become aware of your thoughts, you can basically master your life. Before we get into the episode, new artwork, who's this? Like the last artwork was giving me the ick for the longest, but truth be told, (laughs) I was just on a little bit of an action over perfection one when I was trying to get the podcast launched initially. I didn't want to get caught up and held back on right colours and this and that and design. I was just like, you know what, let's just not find any more excuses not to do something. Let's get it done and then we can change it in due course. So one and a bit years later, we finally got round to updating the artwork. I was just looking at the other one. I was like, I can't even bear to look at it anymore. So let me just give it a little update. It's a little bit more simple. I think In fact, it reflects where I am heading in life. (laughs) I just want the simple life and I'm sure you do too. Nobody needs OTT, extraness, do you know what I mean? Let's just keep it streamlined, keep it simple. So that's what we did. I dropped it randomly with the last episode with no explanation. So I'm thinking, did people even notice? Well, if you didn't, now you know. (laughs) A couple of thank yous before we slide on in. Big shout out to James, who's continuing to support me by using the buymeacoffee.com forward slash curl squad link, which I will drop into my show notes. If at the end of the episode you feel nourished and you decide that you would like to leave me a tip, that's one way that you can do it. So thank you, James. Big love to you. And also thank you to everybody that has completed the women's empowerment survey, which I posted up last week. Thank you to everybody that has shared it. You're absolute diamonds. I've had a really good response, actually, and I'm so grateful. And I just think it's so important to have an insight into what women are really dealing with. Because who's asking us? Who's asking us how we're feeling? Who's asking us what's weighing heavy on our mind? Who's asking us how things could be better? Um, Not enough people, in my opinion. So I thought, you know what, let me just see what the girls are struggling with. And let me see if there's anything I can do to support that. So this episode is basically formed off the back of some of the feedback that came out in the survey. It's just that women are really struggling with anxiety. So anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness or unease about something. And a lot of the time it is attached to future events in one's head. Stuff that hasn't even happened yet. 
which can actually end up ruling your life, which is very much what it did with mine. So with that said, let's get into it. Our thoughts can define our experience, which is really unfortunate if we are unconscious of where our brain is at, where our head is at throughout the day. Because before you know it, you're an anxious mess. Have you ever had a day where things are just going kind of average and then you have a thought pop into your head that just derails you and then you dwell on the thought and before you know it you're in a little downward spiral next thing you know it's pretty much ruined your day I used to be totally ruled by my thoughts totally ruled in the most negative of ways and I was so unconscious had no idea didn't have a scooby-doo about the impact of my thought processes on my experience if you're a regular listener of the show, you'll be familiar with the fact that my boyfriend died when I was 18 years old. It happened very suddenly. There is an episode about that. You can listen back to I'll drop a link in the show notes. But it absolutely rocked my world. Everything that I thought I knew about life was just basically crushed out of me. I went into a very deep, long period of grieving and my mind started making up little stories about things that I needed to do in order to be safe. I started becoming very controlling over life. But this is the biggest joke, you can't control life. You can control your reaction and how you respond to it, but there's so many different contributing factors that it's impossible to control everything. You can't, you can't control anybody else, can you? So that goes out the window. So all you can do is control your own experience. So as the years went by, I had formed all of these very unconscious thought processes, thought processes that I wasn't aware of. It was little things, for example, like I became very scared to drive. It became too much of an unpredictable thing for me and I felt like I was at risk. So I was, I had a lot of anxious thoughts about driving and stories that I started telling myself in my head about the fact that I was going to end up having a car crash and I was going to die and basically catastrophizing. So one little seed thought would basically hatch, a bit like a gremlin in some ways. It would hatch and then it would just go crazy inside my head. So I'd, I'd be overthinking absolutely everything. If I had to go out for a car journey in my head, I would be obsessing about every aspect of the journey, which, as I've already said, is just ridiculous because you can't control the journey. You don't even know who else is sitting out on the road at the same time as you. But in my head, I was so scared about having this car accident on the motorway specifically that I stopped then driving on the motorway because my thoughts ruled my reality. I was scared that if I got on the tube at the time I was working in the city, I had to get on a really busy tube to get into work, which was just hell. And again, you can't control who's going to be on the tube or if there's going to be any delays or anything. So I got really rigid in my thinking. I was like, I have to stand at this particular door and I have to be able to sit at this particular seat. And if I don't get to that door, then I'm getting really stressed and I'm getting sweaty and now I'm agitated. And I'm sure I wasn't the only person on the underground who's having all of these little thought processes, which are creating all of these really rigid behaviours, which creates this whole intense atmosphere on the underground of everybody trying to do their own little thing which creates conflict because there's so many people that are trying to do their own little thing. So if I couldn't get on this particular door, I'd basically have an internal meltdown, which would then lead to a panic attack. So there's a point when anxiety 
becomes more than just the things that you're thinking about. It can become very physical. And I struggled with really intense physical manifestations of my anxiety. Because if you think about it, you've got all of these thoughts that are creating all of this energy within you. And then you're not able to reconcile your thought processes. So this energy is just conjuring up inside. This fight and flight mode has been activated. So I've got all of this adrenaline and nothing to do with it. So my body's then thinking it's having a heart attack. Then my brain's thinking I'm having a heart attack. And then it's just a recipe for absolute disaster. Anxiety stopped me from going out, stopped me attending events that I wanted to because I was just in my head. And it got to a point where because I was so anxious about the fact that I couldn't control events outside of the house, that I stopped going outside of the house. One simple action for me would come with like a million thought processes. So if I was thinking I need to go to the shop, then it'd be like, yeah, but what, you know, which way am I going to go to the shop? And then what if I can't find what I need? And what if this happens? And what if that happens? What if it doesn't? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What if you just went to the shop and got what you needed and that was it? Everything was OK. But I wasn't being rational about it. I was letting my thoughts dictate all the time. And then when you stop going out, when you start withdrawing from friendship circles, from social events, and it's just you and your thoughts, you justify them even more, you justify your behaviour even more, you believe that you're keeping yourself safe, when actually you're doing yourself more harm. And this sort of stuff can really take a toll on your immune system as well, you know. If you're constantly living in a f state of fight or flight, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. I mean, my my anxiety really went to the extreme. I was having to see paramedics on the underground because of panic attacks. I wasn't performing properly at work because of my anxiety. I was upsetting my family at times because of my anxiety. And all the while, I was so unconscious of all of these thought processes. It was just this feeling of not feeling good, not feeling right. And another thing as well, it, it started manifesting itself in IBS. I was having digestive issues. Listen, if you are not connecting the impact of your mind and your body, then this is something that you've really got to start to do now because stress, anxiety, depression, all of that stuff takes its toll on your body. It's really silly stuff as well now. Like if in my head I was like, oh, but if I drive there and where am I going to get a parking space? What if I can't get a parking space? Listen... <laughs> There's always going to be a parking space somewhere, isn't there? And these were in my able-bodied days, you know what I mean? There's always going to be a parking space somewhere. Don't sweat it, just go. You know, if you can't find one, keep driving around until you do. It's about rationalising it. But at the time, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't rationalising anything. I was just seeing the worst possible scenario in everything. My anxiety actually got so severe, I ended up being diagnosed with a condition called generalised anxiety disorder. And according to the NHS website, generalised anxiety disorder is a long-term condition that causes you to feel anxious about a wide range of situations rather than one specific event. People with generalised anxiety disorder feel anxious most days and often struggle to remember the last time they feel relaxed. As soon as one anxious thought is resolved, they may appear about a different issue. Relentless and exhausting. That's not from the NHS website. That is from me and my life experience. At that time, it was like I was at my GP's every week. In fact, it did get to a point where I did have to go and see my GP every week because 
he was so concerned about my mental well-being because I was in such a dark place. And when my anxiety was back to back with my depression, my loneliness, my isolation, that is what then resulted in me feeling suicidal back in 2010. So it's absolutely incredible to me to be where I am today. But it took a lot of work to come out of it. Now, not everybody is going to be experiencing anxiety at such a deep level as I was. Some people might just be having mild worries and stuff like that, but it still has the capacity to really, really make your experience a challenging one. But with generalised anxiety disorder, it can affect up to 5% of the population and slightly more women are affected by it than men are. And it's more common for people within the ages, again, this is coming from the NHS website, within the ages of 35 to 59. So I was in my 20s at the time, but it lasted for such a long time. I believed it was part of my personality, to be honest. I just thought that was me. It made me feel very aggressive because I felt like I was constantly under attack. And when your back's constantly up, when your body's constantly in this fight and flight mode, you know, you're ready at any given second. I was irritable, I was emotional, I was struggling. You know, I would be standing up to grown men, big men, in road rage incidents, because I didn't have the ability to just... (sighs) and let it roll. And I had a little reminder the other day, actually, of just how far I'd come when I had a bus driver giving me a load of verbal abuse from his little cab uh, just because he was highly impatient. And I was like, at first I was like, and then I was like, you know what? Just let it go. He's probably having a crap day. He's driving a bus around London. It's got to be pretty pretty stressful and if he doesn't have the self-control to breathe and just keep driving then I'll be the one that breathes and keep moving because I'm not taking on the stress of his day and when you get to a position where you're able to just walk away from conflict and situations like that because you're mindful of your thoughts and mindful of your experience and the impact that you have to control your experience basically your free will it's a very powerful position to be in So if you do experience an overactive thought process, anxiety, that sort of thing, where your brain is just on one, just, you know, you could really do with it just shutting up. The best thing you can do is start to become mindful because I think we go through a period where we're totally unconscious of our thoughts and the impact of our thoughts on our behaviour and our free will to do anything about it to get into a point where you're like, oh, this doesn't feel good, I don't like this experience, to the point where you're like, okay, I don't like this experience, so that means that perhaps there's something I can do to change this experience. And then when you start investing that time and energy into overcoming these old thought processes that are dictating your life experience, it's quite incredible. So when my thoughts were at their most rigid, it was really interesting to actually start challenging them And I tell you what, what a revelation. When you become aware that you are not your thoughts, your thoughts are just that, basically, just that. In fact, they're a bit of an annoying friend that lives in your head rent-free. When you stop and you start listening, sometimes if I listen to the thoughts in my head, moaning, going on, chatting, 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 and you're like, hang on a minute, who invited you to pipe up? 
but there you are in your head. It's like this little, basically this little parasite that lives off your internal energy. This little parasite living in your head, chatting a breeze all day long and you're there going along thinking that that is your experience. And then one day you're like, hang on a minute, who is that voice chatting in my head? And then you become the observer and then you realise that you are the one that is observing the chattering in your head and at that point you're like, well, who am I then if I'm the observer? The voice is literally just that, it's just a voice in your head chuntering on that has been able to do so for however long because it's been unchallenged. So this little parasite has just made itself well comfortable in your mind, ruling your day and then you all of a sudden become aware that it's not actually you. And then you start tuning in and listening and you're like, mate, I could really do without you and your negative vibes. And then I started to think, how would I feel if this was one of my friends? Is this a helpful friend? Is this person here for my best interests? And here's the thing, at one point of time, it probably was. This voice was probably serving you. It was probably creating stories to keep you safe. Look, much like in my experience, like when my boyfriend died, this little voice in my head, it just wanted to try and keep me safe. But then it moved in, bought all its baggage and got really comfortable started drinking up all of my resources, getting obese on my good vibes until I had none left. But all the while, I'd been tricked into believing that this little parasite in my mind, it was me and that it was true. So the moment I realised that it wasn't, it was like, wow, that's a bit of a revelation. In fact, there's a really good book that I can recommend to you called Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. If you're into reading, get stuck into that. That will really help to delve into that concept, really, about separating yourself from your thoughts. So this little parasite that tried to serve you at one point by trying to keep you safe. Yeah, now you've realised, hang on a minute, they're living in your head rent free. They're not about to start paying rent, so you want them out. It's the moment you realise that your friend is actually really toxic and actually quite abusive and if you suffer with issues around body image or if you find that you're really hard on yourself or you're very critical of yourself, is it you or is it this parasite of a brethren that's living in your brain rent free that is cussing you out and you're having it? Nah, mate, it's time to not have it anymore. Because if that was a real friend and if a real friend spoke to you in the way that that little voice in your head speaks to you, would you have it? Would you have it? No, it's abusive. So we need to stop being abusive to ourselves. We need to be aware of this little parasite that's living in our head trying to run things. And you know what? It takes time and it's like a muscle that you have to use. So imagine now you're trying to form this little bicep to get the strength to push this parasite out of your head. But if you continue to keep bringing your mind back to, let me just observe what my next thoughts are. And you know what? Sometimes it's funny. I laugh at this voice in my head. It's hilarious. Once you start to become aware of it, you start to interact with it as a separate entity. When you're a separate entity, you're not the same thing, are you? So there's a separation between you and it. So try and take the time throughout the day to just keep checking in on yourself. Where are my thoughts at? What's this parasite chatting on about now? 
Try and find regular interval points where you're able to do that because it is a discipline that needs to be formed. It could be any time you go and do the washing up, any time you go to sit on the toilet. Whatever it is, try and find those key points at your day that you can attach this to so it makes it easier. So you're like, okay, I'm going to go and get a drink of water. Oh, let me just check in and see where my head's at. But it's not about judging what the parasite is talking about so much. It's fun to have a little laugh when you become aware of it. But what you don't want to do is is start feeding it. So it's just becoming aware again that you are not it. It is not you. There is a separation and you are observing this entity, this little thing chuntering on. Perhaps the voice in your head sounds something like this. Oh, you're useless. You could never do anything like that. What's making you think you could do something like that? And you're like, hang on a minute. Who's this cheeky little beep talking to? Could you imagine if that was one of your friends? So are we accepting it if it's yourself? Once you're able to become consistently conscious, after you've been putting in the work to build that muscle, you can really start to begin to, in my experience, play the game of life when you're no longer dictated to by your thoughts and you realise that you have got autonomy and control and free will over the decisions that you make and whether you choose to lean into that voice and accept it as your own or whether you decide to bat it away and just be like, whatever. Once you get out of your head and into the game of life, that's when you can really begin playing it. That's when the little things that have been holding you back stop holding you back. It's not always as easy as I'm making it sound. Sometimes, you know, you have to put the work in for a long period of time. This is another thing. None of this stuff is going to happen overnight. You've got to put a bit of work in. It has to become a habit. It has to become a practice. The sooner we can come to terms with stop wanting everything right now and realise that we have to invest in things to get the outcomes that we desire and see it as a project instead of then putting more pressure on our head and activating the little parasite to start talking about where we should be, you know, see it as a process once you've done it for one day, once you've become aware of your thoughts one day, try and do it the next and keep it moving, keep it going. Before you know it, you're going to be in such a different headspace just through the practice of becoming mindful and aware that you are not your thoughts. Something that I found really beneficial to support my consciousness and my awareness of my thought process was to start integrating other practices as well, such as gratitude. Because I think once you've got that awareness that you're not your thoughts, and then you start adding gratitude in, gratitude helps you to do a lot of reframing. So if you've been in a position where you've just been dwelling in this place in this place of negativity and anxiety, and now all of a sudden you're aware that actually, you know, there is a separation between you and the thoughts in your head. And now you're factoring gratitude into your day. It's another way to help you start reframing your experience. Instead, where you would be focusing on what the parasite had to say, now you're looking out into your experience with this comfort and realisation that, ah, I am not my thoughts. Okay, so I'm not my thoughts. What else is good about life? Now I've realised that I'm not this beast that my inner mind has created. This big useless beast, for example. What else is there to start being grateful for? So you start looking at your day, start pulling out parts of your day that have brought you joy. 
If you've been accustomed to listening to this nasty little voice telling you that you're worthless or you're useless or you're not good enough or things along those lines, this is when you can start to be grateful for the things that you have done, the things that you have achieved, the fact that you've managed to get enough self-awareness to realise that you're not your thoughts. I'm grateful for this peace of mind. If this little parasitic voice has been chatting breeze in your ear for some time now, suggesting that there's a lack in your life, suggesting that you're not enough, that you don't have enough, start looking around you and start noticing all the things that there are to be grateful for. Then you realise that little voice really wasn't your friend. The voice was not on your side. Once you start to look around and see all of these things to be grateful for, you're like, wow, this little dude had me tricked. Now you can mindfully go about your day actively seeking out all the things there are to be grateful for and you know what you might just surprise yourself even if you're going through a rough season and you're thinking oh what have I got to be grateful for a lot you're breathing there we go from when you've got breath in your body so much is possible so that's something to be grateful for if you wake up in the morning give thanks for that if you woke up in a bed Give thanks for that. If you had a duvet to keep you nice and cosy and a pillow to rest your head on, wow, look at all that stuff to be grateful for. And you haven't even got out of bed in the morning. What's that? You get up out of bed, put on your nice comfy slippers, walk through your home, what you got at home, blessings, something to be grateful for. You go and take a pee in the toilet because what, you got a toilet in your house. Amazing. Blessings. What, one that flushes? Blessings. Then you can go into your kitchen and make yourself a drink. Ah, look at that. Abundance. And it's not even eight o'clock in the morning yet. Energy flows where your attention goes. So if you are just focusing on everything that is wrong, that's all you're going to see. That's all you're going to see. One of the biggest lessons I've learned in life is to look for all of the good and to focus on all of it. And it's doing that that's helped me get through my boyfriend dying. I mean, that took some time. I had to go through some hard lessons the long way to overcome that. But that is what has helped me to overcome my spinal cord injury with such positivity. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, you'll have heard my story by now. Gratitude and giving thanks for the little that we have. It just helps you to reframe your day. Because if you can find gratitude, then you can find peace of mind. And when you drill down into what you think that you want, usually... It boils down to happiness. If you're like, oh yeah, I want a big house, I want money in the bank, I want this, I want that. If you keep asking yourself why it is that you want these things, oh, I want a big house because, oh, you know, oh, I'll just be happy, I'll be happy when I've got my nice big house. It all boils down to happiness. But happiness, it's not a destination, it's a practice. If you're waiting for something material to manifest for your happiness, you might find that you're disappointed. The key to happiness is finding it when the chips are down. Finding it in the now. It's not waiting for an event. For me, happiness is a personal discipline. The secret to that lies within you. When I got booted out of hospital after having my spinal cord injury just before the pandemic, there wasn't much to be grateful for. I'd experienced a life-changing injury. It felt in many ways like my world was ending. But this is where I had to dig deep. The deepest, in fact, I think I, I've ever had to dig to search for that happiness, to search for the things that I'm grateful for, to 
search for the little moments of joy throughout the day. It's up to you to be looking for that. If you're overlooking the little bits of joy that are there surrounding you and you're not grateful for and you're not giving thanks for that, how can you even expect any more to come when you're not even noticing the blessings that are under your nose? It's not about saying every day is going to be perfect. It's not. Of course it's not. It's life. We know that life is going to throw its stuff at us regardless, but it's how we deal with it. There's a willow tree outside the back of my house in one of the adjacent gardens and I watch this tree and I, I just love willow trees. I just think they're so beautiful and graceful how they just bend and sway. And yeah, I'm in the studio bending and swaying now like a willow tree. But when the wind comes for them, they're not all snapping and cracking and, you know, falling to the floor. Their beautiful branches are just draping and swaying and going with the flow. So be like a willow tree. We don't delude ourselves into thinking that life is going to be this bed of roses. We know there's going to be stuff that comes up along the way. But the key to your personal power is in your resilience. It's in your ability to keep getting up, to keep going, to keep finding the gratitude. And like I've said before, it's a discipline. You have to put the work in. But you master your mindset and you master your life. Never again will you have to be held hostage by the parasite that lives in your mind. Freedom is yours if you choose to take it. You just got to be prepared to put in the work and sometimes go to places that we don't want to have to go. But I promise you, the rewards, the benefits, is so worth it. You do realise that there is a power within you that has the ability to transform your experience as you know it. You could be in a very, very different place this time in a few months' time, six months, 12 months, if you start putting in the work today. I'm preaching because you deserve it. I know what I was like at my rock bottom when I didn't want to live. And if I'd have followed through with my plans to jump off the platform, I wouldn't be here today living this most incredible, beautiful, joyful, peaceful life. If I'd have given up back then, I wouldn't know what today felt like. So just know that wherever you are now, you've got the power to turn it around. The power lies within you. So I've got a little exercise. Let's call it a challenge. So at the end of today, I don't know where you are now, where you're listening from. But at the end of the day, write down a little list of the things that you've been grateful for today. And you will have had the whole day ahead of you to start noticing these things. And then tomorrow morning, wake up and do it again. Before you get busy, before you get stuck into your day, write down your gratitude list. Oh, I'm too busy, I don't have the time. Do you take a pee in the morning? If you do, even if you've got to do it on your phone, take your phone into the toilet, you probably do already, because nothing is sacred anymore. While you're doing your morning ablutions, I think my mum calls it, find a few things to be grateful for there and then. While you're sitting having your morning drink, write down a couple of things there that you're grateful for. If you're not in the habit of gratitude, then you might wake up in the morning knowing that you've done your list before and be struggling to think of some things to be grateful for. But this is where we see this like a muscle now. This is a muscle that we need to train. You have to think that little bit harder. Look that little bit deeper at the things that there are to be grateful for. This is the mind training now. This is where the training begins really, is when you start looking that bit deeper. 
Start stretching a little bit more. Start pushing yourself to see what there is to be grateful for. And yeah, like I said, if you're going through a rough season and you're struggling for things to be grateful for, when you're in your darkest times, you have to believe that there's something more in life. Or what's the other option? You give up. Because if you be if you believe there's nothing more in life, then you won't go looking for it. But if you do believe there's more in life, then your brain starts to figure out what else is possible. And this is my obsession. Trying to figure out what else is possible. If you seek, you shall find, girlfriend. Peace of mind is there. It's ready and it's waiting for you. And you deserve it. Once you gain some sort of control over your mind, that's when you can start putting the work into the other areas of your life. Start really discovering who you're meant to be, what you're here for, what makes you feel passionate about life. When we're not worrying about this little critter in our heads, distracting us, sucking up all our energy, we can use that brain power into putting in the work to really creating the lives that we want, that we deserve. Something else that came up from the survey was actually just how many women are just devoted to their families being the most important thing in their lives. Look how much more you'll be able to give to your families, to those that you love, whether it's your partners, your kids, your nieces, your nephews, your parents, when you're not being drained by the voice in your brain. Listen, girlfriend, freedom is yours. Go and get it. So, girlfriend, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know it is such a scary and a frightening place when you don't feel in control of your own mind. I totally get it. I've been there. And nobody from the outside looking in can even see what you're going through, which makes it even worse. I get that. So I hope some of these little tips and tricks that I've used to help me bring back peace of mind can help you too. So if you know anyone that is going through a rough season, who's suffering with overwhelming thoughts, anxiety, that sort of thing, if you think this episode might be beneficial for them, please do share it. It would be great if you would share it on your socials anyway. I really appreciate the support in just getting the word of the podcast out there. If you would like to think about doing some deeper work and you don't know where to start, I'm here to help with that too. This is why I've been motivated to start my own consultancy on helping other women to find their peace of mind because I know how isolating it can be when you don't even know where to start. There are other practices that you can look into, such as getting a therapist, taking part in some CBT. There's lots of resources out there that can help. This is just a little bit from my perspective. But if you are looking into deepen the work and you would like to think about doing some work with me to help you to just find that peace of mind, that inner peace, that tranquil lake that lives within, then get in touch. You can book a discovery call with me using the link in the show notes. It's over on the Curl Squad website, forward slash work with Zoe, but check it in the show notes. And on the discovery call, we'll just have a little bit of a chat. I'll see what it is that you're struggling with. There's no time like today to do it. Don't waste another day out of purpose. So yeah, come and follow us on the socials. You can follow me at zoe.e.fox. You can come and follow the Curl Squad at the curl squad the curl squad is on instagram we're on tiktok we're on facebook tell a friend to tell a friend let's just try and elevate as many women as we can 
I don't want women living lives, feeling isolated, feeling lonely, feeling anxious. Let's work together. Let's support each other. Yeah, I know there's been times when I've needed that support. So I know I'm not going to be alone in knowing that community is the best way to go forward with this. Let's find our tribe. Let's make these waves. Let's change our lives. Big love, Carl friend. Peace out and I'll catch you next week. <laughs>